storming the Capitol! It's a revolution! What's up, y'all? We're back with another episode of Plugs the Pod. We got more plugs coming at you today. So, what, uh, let's get to it. All right. I, I think the last episode we talked a lot about uh, my trip to Austin and not so much about what uh, you guys have been into. You accidentally plugged the wall, Trey. Is that, a, yeah. that didn't feel like an accident? I don't think it was on your list, though. No, it wasn't on my list. You just asked what was up, and I was like, "Oh uh, well, this yeah, happened." I mean, that's kind of the, it's kind of the same question. Uh, <laughs> so what's uh, <laughs> so what was up? What is up? Oh wait, do you want to know my first plug? What are we doing? Or are we just talking about life in general? Look, I also watched uh, the Summer of Soul. I hadn't seen that yet. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's on Disney Plus, and I think. Hulu too. It's on a couple of them. But yeah, Disney the Questlove sure. documentary about uh, Black Woodstock. Uh, John, the Questlove John. Questlove yes. John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those <laughs> people from Philly can't stop reminding you in not so subtle ways. What about the John that you Johned with the John John? Just, a, I mean, yeah. basically, it's just over there by the John. Whatever nonsense you can do that says I'm from Philly without saying it. <laughs> Look, you Johns don't understand. <laughs> no, wait, I mean, wait, wait, wait. It works for people too. Yeah, it's yeah, a catch on. Do you not get this, John? I don't get I mean, I get John. I thought it was for inanimate objects and ideas. I didn't know I could be a John too. Dude, yeah, you're yeah, a big it's John. Anything. Any noun can be replaced yeah. with John. I don't like this John at all. No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's just yeah. You so know. what was that? What was the highlight of that documentary? Well, I mean, I didn't know a whole lot about it, man. So, I mean, so it was a, uh, it was the Harlem Cultural Festival. And it happened over like the entire summer. It was over like six, eight weekends, something like that. But it was nuts, dude. B.B. Uh, King was there. Stevie Wonder, a young Stevie Wonder. I think he was like in his teens still. Wow. Uh, so what what year was it late 60, 60s yeah 69. 68 69 okay. summer okay 69 so it's like same time as woodstock correct yeah. you yeah. know it's just woodstock was one weekend and this was over you know like i said six or eight weekends and it was the same thing they filmed the whole thing but um you know when they went to try to distribute it everybody was just interested more and in, more interested in woodstock which which I, I understand from that aspect of it, but I mean, the list of people that were on the Summer of Soul was just as impressive. And it was insane, the amount of people that showed up in it. And this is just in a park in Harlem. You know, it wasn't in the middle of a field in the country somewhere. And they're talking like 300,000 people showing up. Wow. You know? Yeah, dude. Yeah. And so some of the footage was really dope. Like that. Young Stevie Wonder and watching him play the drums. I had never seen a clip of him playing the drums anywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. And I mean, just ripping it. And then Gladys Knight and all the pips. Wow. BB all the pips? King. Yep. All of them. Every single one of them. Uh, I mean, that, and it, that lineup already sounds better than Woodstock. I mean, Woodstock had a handful 
of seminal artists, but then the rest was just regular festival filler. And, uh, it, you know, this, this sounds like a much more interesting collection of musical artists. Well, for sure. And then you just think about, like I said, the atmosphere there around there, like you're going to a music festival in Harlem. That was probably so groovy and funky and everything else. Just 300,000, mostly black people hanging out, having fun, a good time. And that was the other thing they talked about was like the violence was almost nothing, especially compared to Woodstock, which was just one weekend. You know, it was just everybody was there just to have fun, man. And I mean, the climate in the in America at the time, they needed it. They needed some reason to just, you know, like, hey, man, we're just going to blow off some steam for a, for a month and a half uh, and not cause any trouble. We just want to come out here and have a good time and hang out with people and listen to music. You know, was it free? Yeah, man. Yeah. Free, damn. Mm. Yeah, and the guy that ran it, uh, I don't remember his name and I didn't write it down, but character in all the clips they showed, he must have had about fucking 20 uh, outfit changes in the whole thing. And every single one of them, funky with a capital PH, dude. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow, I got to check to check out this documentary. Yeah, it's really fun. It's a good one, man. It's a good one. It took me a long time to watch it. You know, it was one of those where it's like, I want to watch this, but kept putting it aside. And then the other night I was just like, all right, let me watch this thing. And was like, oh, damn, this was great. It was better than any Woodstock documentary I saw. Well, the Woodstock documentaries are also long. Yeah, man. It's three hours to tell what happened in three days. And it was like, I mean, Woodstock is just, what have they done? They've done three of them now and two of them. Did not go well. Complete disasters. Complete like, disasters. Uh, the opposite of everything that it should have been. And even the first one wasn't super awesome. You know, well, I mean, the first one is one I'm counting is not going well. I think 94 was the only one that like kind of went well. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Right. Like 99, they set it on fire. Yeah. 99 yeah, yeah. is horrible. <clears throat> right, but like Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock were headliners. Uh, <laughs> like it was a, like it was always going to be bad. 99 was basically MTV putting on a music festival. You know, right. 16, that, the, 69 was was basically seems like if the fire festival actually had shows, like yeah. everything else went was like way bad. <laughs> Not enough anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. First one, people don't, you know, they I think people have a sense of glorifying that whole thing. But it was like you watch the documentaries and it's like I would not have wanted to be there. Unless I was on a helicopter with those artists, you know, being flown in and out because otherwise it looked horrible. Yeah, it looked like a real bad time. Although in the late 60s, uh, maybe maybe just being muddy is like fine. <laughs> like it could, like they're, they're all dirty hippies anyway. It's different now when we're, you know, maybe we wouldn't be, have been so used to taking showers every day. Maybe we would have just been so happy to not be in Vietnam. That it's like, you know what? I can get money for a couple days. At least it's not a nine month tour. Yeah. Well, and it was the same thing. I mean, you know, same as Summer Soul. It's just all these people showing up at Woodstock that had been through, you know, JFK and 
Robbie Kennedy getting shot, Malcolm X getting shot, M- uh, Martin Luther okay. King getting shot, and then you know Fred Hampton was shot right around then summer. Wasn't that summer of '69? Right, but then, the but then you're six get. years removed from you're six or seven years removed from Bay of Pigs, the thing with uh, the uh, the the nukes on Cuba, right? Uh, well, just the just, height of the Cold Cold War, you know, right? All that Rosa Parks, the Red Scare, all, of all that, that was happening, like. The sixties were real um were real tumultuous. And we always think that uh it must have been like it must have been a nightmare to like to just like try to live. Dude, like just for what... anybody. Like it just seemed like overwhelming. But then I feel like history is gonna put like these last five years are I mean, it's not the same, but it's not the same. It's not like the it's unfortunately like the reasons for the turmoil are very similar. Right. Exactly. And the amount right. of turmoil is there's just been less assassinations. Yeah. It's yeah. given all these hellfire and brimstone preachers, you know, more fuel for their more uh, brimstone for their fire. You know, that's just like, <laughs> Hey, let's just keep talking about the same end of the world stuff over and over again. And then, I'm working on a bit on this because this is like I I I'm almost offended for the boomers that they're getting so much shit right now that people use boomer as a derogatory term to somebody because the amount <laughs> of garbage sell. that they yeah. had to go through, you know, that's like, of course, their wills got broken by the time they were in their 40s, you know, and 30s. If, if their wills famous. were broken, they would have relinquished. Uh, they would have gave up the reins by now. So obviously, uh, oh, did I freeze? What's happening? Why can't neither one of you guys are doing anything right now? So I can't tell if I froze or if you guys froze. Doing stuff and you're froze on mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're both good. Oh, now you're back. Yeah, now I'm back. Hey, all right. Uh, so you're a boomer apologist, Trey, huh? That's an apologist. That's new bit. <laughs> I don't consider it being an apologist. Sounds- Those people went through shit and then they got the minivan thrown at them on top of everything else. <laughs> and I was just like, well, cool. what do you want? I mean, give them a break, dude. I would like nope. to. I, w- I wish they would take a break. You're talking about the politicians and stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah, those are politicians. Yeah, and and They've who supports them? Sucked. But the ones who support them are also all boomers. Well, that's, I'm not saying I mean, all the boomers do- support them, but I'm saying all the ones who support the bad ones are boomers. Yeah, but there's always going to be those people. Yeah, but there's a they fucking keep, lot of because them because they keep having kids and teaching them the same bullshit. Yeah, well, we you our, our par- uh, so it's not just boomers. That's our parents are generation. boomers, and we didn't fucking do it. No, exactly. It's That's not the. It's not every generation. I mean, I understand. I understand the. I know how. I know. Like, I know how comedy works. So taking a, taking a stance that is an unlikely stance is, uh, and then backing it up is how comedy works. So I support your bit, but uh, the boomers can get fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why just I have the boomers? No, uh, you know, why just I was the raised boomers? by boomers? I came out fine. You know, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't I'm make not, any sense your to attack that one generation, because then that's the same thing everybody does: is you just go after the old people, and you're like, ah, the old people—they don't. It's know not what the same thing about. that everybody. So does what? It's just the boomers. Every time? generation below the, every generation below the boomers, 
knows that it's the boomers ain't nobody coming after the next two it's the it's the boomers and the boomers don't know who to attack yeah, until they die and off the boomers and then it's gen on. x's turn then everybody's gonna be like ah you're just a gen x I, gu- I guarantee you it will never <laughs> nah, be nah. gen x's turn yes no the fact the fact is gen x hasn't done anything they gave up like if they can be attacked for anything it's for giving up and it and it and it and it is a valid attack now it is a currently valid attack now but once everybody once everybody gets to be f- like the top end of gen x is they're like 54 years old like yeah. they're not getting they're never going to get this political power that because the boomers never relinquish it it's going like this generation is getting skipped no it's and, not there's still rich assholes that are gen xers that are going to be in power very soon okay <laughs> that's just how it works all right i'll keep this receipt bro yeah man like there, what, uh, i don't where are they going to come from? They're going to come out of nowhere. Like they're just going to they're just going to rise up from nothing to have it. No, they're already there. Who are you talking about? Cinema? Cinema? Kristen Cinema? What is that? Is that does she have okay. a she ought to have mind. a bakery, open a bakery. Never mind. Your your argument falls apart when you don't know the name of the the most powerful Gen X politician. No, uh, it doesn't because they're all yeah, does. why just because I don't know one person's name. The you don't know is the fun? most powerful Gen X politician. Yeah, good. Yeah, politicians good. suck. I mean, that kind of that kind of bolsters what I was saying more than what you were saying. But that's I mean, that's OK. We got this receipt. I know what day this is going to get posted. Yeah, yeah. OK. <laughs> okay, that's a, like I don't society's not going to suddenly change overnight. You know, or at all, we're going to start getting blamed. We're going to be the old people very soon. And then people are going to start making fun of us. That's how it's going to work. Okay. I mean, no, I mean, I understand the difference between making fun of us and like getting like capping out old people for being old and out of touch is one thing. But the blame that's being placed on bloomers or on boomers is very specific, targeted. This is like you did this. They're the first they're the first and only generation in the history of the world to actively want the next generation to have a worse life. That's what they've gone after since the beginning of their their ascendancy. They're the right, only ones they want to not try to make their, they right. can and they're don't not, care about the anybody. First else. generation in the history of the world to want to make subsequent generations lives worse. Then that's been their only goal since since they fucking started taking power in the 70s. And that's very different than uh, realizing Again, that they the were never going to let go of the reins. Yeah, but you're saying that's that, not the entire generation. I'm saying that the power makers. Yeah, uh, it is the entire generation because you're talking about you're talking like as a group. It's not everybody in that generation. Uh, OK. <laughs> like a lot of them were hippies and out there yeah, marching and for then civil they, rights. Yeah, and, and then they fucking turned on all else. of it. Yeah, they turned yeah, their back all on their all leaders of it. got killed blatantly in public by our so instead government of stepping and scared the shit out of all. Instead of, of stepping up and being leaders, they just sold out to the leaders. No, they all got killed. All their no, leaders no, no. got killed. Five. Yeah, that's enough. Five, no, I, I Five understand. very important people. I'm talking about the rest of you're talking in a about a very the rest short of period of time. So you came up with five. Years. 
two of which were politicians and had no were never going to actually make our lives better. Kennedy, not, neither of the Kennedys were going to make our lives better. They might have like the second one might have got out of Vietnam, but the first one put us in. So that that's not really going to help. Martin Luther King, Fred Hampton and Malcolm X, maybe had they continued and like Fred Hampton, probably the most because he was like he was the most dangerous one because creating all that stuff on the ground and like and like actively helping people. That's that's one thing. Uh, But the Kennedys were never going to fucking actually help us. Robert Kennedy was a fucking cop, man. Like he was gonna be like he would have put you in jail in a heartbeat just for what yeah, you and have he was a politician, right? But just for what you have on your fucking nightstand, he would have put you in jail for twenty years. I mean, there's some reason why he was killed. Yeah, because he went after the mob. You know, because he wasn't gonna follow a certain agenda. Yeah, he was. He went after the mob. And the, re- the reason why Kennedy was killed is because he, he was, like, not uh, super cozy with the CIA or whatever. Yeah, and didn't necessarily want to continue in Vietnam. Continue? You know? He never had to go. He's the one that made the decision to go. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he wanted it to continue. Like, the military-industrial complex clearly started right around then, after yeah, World yeah. War II and leading up to that. Well, so, Eisenhower's Eisenhower's uh, speech when he left office is where the phrase "military industrial complex" comes from. Warning he coined that it. phrase in 1961 when he left office. Yeah, and two years later, Kennedy got killed. Yeah, and that is, uh, uh, I mean, that's that's all. I mean, I, I, yeah, I understand. I don't think that's a coincidence. No, of course it's not a coincidence. I understand everything you're saying, but the boomers did this. They they just created the third generation, you know, but a lot of them protested wars. A lot of them, some of them protested wars, you know, their parents are who put Eisenhower in office. Eisenhower, whose platform would be straight up socialist compared to fucking Biden, not Trump. Biden, Eisenhower's platform was fucking socialist. 70% tax rate on the ultra rich, money for schools, roads, infrastructure, all this shit that nobody wants to do now. And that was put in by the people before the boomers. The boomers weren't voters then. Once the boomers became voters, the. And this was coming from a military guy. Yeah, a guy who was not a politician. Yeah. He was in charge of a he was like a four-star general and I think he had he had like the European front for a while and the North African front. I think MacArthur had North Africa, so uh Dude, that's interesting. Like if he if he had stuck around longer, he might have got off. Eisenhower? Mhm. Well, there's a reason why he said it on his last day. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> he didn't say it on his first day. <clears throat> Mm-mm. You think he didn't know about it? He came from the military. Yeah. He, of course he fucking knew about it, but he waited till his last day. That's why he got to keep being alive. Yep. Because <laughs> they're like, well, he doesn't matter no more. Yeah, he can't do anything. He did yeah. his two terms. Smart enough to just go wherever his ranch was and just be quiet yeah. for a while. <laughs> Arguably the last reasonable Republican politician there's there's been. Yeah. Yeah. Troy's volume is out. Um. No. Yeah, six uh Nixon. 
<laughs> Nixon was corrupt as fuck. Reagan was a, a fucking Reagan was nonsense. Reagan was yeah. like just for the rich. He had nothing to do with people at all. That's right. What I was, like that's what Nixon, I was going to say. Nixon was in it to win it as far as like he uh, he was taking full. He was taking a hold of the reins of pure politics like, hey, we're the power elite and we're going to make ourselves more powerful and more elite and squash everybody else under our shit. That's what Nixon was. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, Troy? I mean, I was just going to mention Reagan. He's the one boomer leader that managed to not get assassinated. And uh, they tried. Yeah. And everything's been different That's since dead. then. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Hankley was a false flag. No, no, um, no. no, they didn't try, but he just managed to, uh, he oh, managed right. to escape, Correct. escape an attempt. And, they didn't uh, try. and since then they've just been consolidating more and more wealth and power. And uh, I think that's why everybody has a, a bone to pick with the boomers. Um, I don't think it's just because right. they're old. It's for a specific reason. And that reason is greed. Yeah. Uh, I I imagine that some, I imagine that. Like uh, the, the only Gen X people that got any fucking power were was Dave Grohl. Oh, you mean currently? I mean at all. <laughs> it was like it was like that type, you know. There's like I mean, I'm sure a lot of tech bros are Gen X too, and they they're yeah, those also billionaire dudes. Those are big those guys are big problems. But even still, that's like Michael Dell, you know, who is probably the best of those, just from like you never hear anything horrible about him or work conditions at Dell or anything like that. And he's he has done a lot of philanthropy, especially around the central Texas area. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but that's the thing is like he's mostly quiet. Like you don't hear about, you know, what Michael Dell thinks about the current state of politics or, you know, who he's backing for president or any of that shit. But you know, I will, I will also say that the reaction from the generations will be very different. I'm currently reading. I mean, this is part of uh, where I get any of this pushback is I'm reading a book about uh, Chuck Closeman wrote a book about the 90s, which seems strange that he's he wrote a book. It's called The 90s. And it's strange that he did that, considering all of his books feel like they're about the 90s. <laughs> but this one is very specifically about the 90s. And 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 Generation X and whatever and like their place in society, and I think that I think that in this situation we're both. I think I think this is a situation where we're both right. You're right in that once the boomers finally all die, the next ones up in the fucking firing line will be Gen X. But the big difference is uh, I don't think Gen X like as as a general group. I don't think they will ever care like that's the yeah, thing about the irony and the being and the being like disconnected is the minute the minute they would get like like the minute somebody pushes back on that you just go yeah okay like that's the thing like boomers f are get fucking mad about it when they get blamed for this because they know they're like they, they know like deep down they feel that guilt and that's where that anger comes from when you talk shit about them as a group and I don't think that the Gen X has that uh, in them. I think that as soon as they put us in the firing line, it will be so dissatisfying that they'll just move on to the next, whatever the next one is right away. Well, that's the thing. It's kind of like ignoring your bully, you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> None of us, like all of Gen X, are just going to be like, I don't care what you think. Right. In general, if, the, the minute somebody hits me for being Gen X, I'll be like, I'm sorry. You mean you're you're talking about Kristen Cinema? You're not talking about me. I haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. I am not. <laughs> I am not your enemy. <laughs> and and what I like, right. I have well, no. That's the point I was making about about the boomers. Like, yeah, but there's but show me a boomer, boomer that reacts that like you that. can blame you that you can blame. Yeah, I know. I know. Reacts but like what? There's no boomers that just go. You're not talking about me. They all get fucking defensive. Well, my mom doesn't. Well, your mom. Okay. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of my moms out there, though. I don't think there are. I think there's yeah, less there than you are. think. There I would never are. say there's a lot of my mom out there. Dude, there's yeah, there's there not are. a lot of people like my mom out there. <laughs> She's one of a kind. Your mom I will, is too. I will also say, yeah, I will also say that every decision my mom has made politically until 2020 has been to the detriment of the country and every person that came after her. Every 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 time she held any power, and the only power you have as a citizen is your vote and your money. And every time my mom wielded that power, it was to the detriment of society. And yeah, I still don't think she's be bad about everybody that's voted in the last 40 years. I don't you know, know that's true. <laughs> I mean, any candidate they prop up. Sure, you may get a, you know, a couple more social programs here or, you know, cut a budget on something that you don't well, now like. You're, now you're talking here. about now you're like, but now you're, you're still, like bringing up a position that is inarguable because there is no other there is no other way. So. You've you've just won this argument by saying yes, Democrats are also bad. So my hat is off. Uh, one well, wait, point. I'm, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> People should vote. I think that's totally. I mean, no, what else are you gonna according do? to Trey, they should have. Who are they going to vote <laughs> for? Anybody, who everybody who's that vote vote for every single friends, person who man. votes. Vote for your friends. Shake so things up. If dude. you're going to vote for your friend, then why would you waste an hour to do that? What, what do you mean? I mean, it takes an hour to vote. And why would you go vote knowing for certain nothing you've done will count or matter? Because I don't, that's I don't my waste statement. my time. That's it counts or matters to me. Yes, Nobody knows that. And if I could talk more people into doing it and enough of us do it, then shit's really going to change. No, shit and only changes if you scared. talk enough people into voting for your friend. That's see, the, if they, dude, if they, that's if they a, vote for their friend. That's not the point. Then it then. Then uh, then everybody gets one vote and it, then it's still either a Republican or a Democrat who wins. Then it's still whoever has the most votes votes then. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So you're saying so that you want to run. That so shares you're, it you're up saying even you, more. You should. You're trying to start a third party. Not even, man. Let's all be independents. Why do we even have parties? <laughs> you know. OK. So vote for Trey's friend. That's that's I mean, your plug. That's ultimately no, vote your for plug. your friends, man. We're reaching, we're reaching a point. For my friend? We're reaching a point where it's Why not even you? a joke to vote for them. your friends. You know they care about you. If, yeah, but they're not going to win. If our <laughs> friends were in Congress, we'd have health care. Are you yeah, talking I about? I understand that. I understand. You're talking that. about your friends who are running for office, right? You're not just like writing no. down. No, most of my friends can't afford to run for office. But see, that's the thing. Like we're reaching a and point that's where part of the problem. More people like us are beginning to run for office in places. So that's why it's important to pay attention to your local elections and move those people along because there are people like us and like more other people out there that are running for office now. So you can vote for your 
quote unquote friends, and it doesn't even have to be a joke or a throwaway vote. There are there are people worth voting for running for offices all over the country now. Yeah, but a so, lot of people would consider those throwaway votes and be like, well, why are you going to vote for that guy? He's clearly not going to get elected, you know. When you're he's, talking about he's on, you're t- we're talking about the difference between somebody who's on the ballot and somebody who isn't. Yeah, who's so on the what? ballot has it a still always comes down to that. People are somebody who's in the on the ballot. People are like, a- well, why are you voting for that guy? That's going to do no good. He's not going to win. Vote for this person. You know, so it's the same argument. Yeah, that's so a, why that's, not vote for still, who you want to. You're vote still for. talking. You're still talking about national elections. Yeah, that's an argument. Boomers started, Trey. OK, yeah. to, that's 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 what they told us yeah. to do. Right. Yeah, OK, yeah. so you got to get that thinking out of your head. That's right. not the like vote. <laughs> yeah, you can't vote, vote for someone, you know, nationally, but you can vote for someone, you know, locally. Yes. Yeah, and then that council, person can move up. And that's what you're saying. A, a city council election. A hundred votes makes a difference in that election. So you're not throwing away your vote, voting for somebody that, no, that I did. You I voted vote for Ben for. Kissel for for uh, borough president of Brooklyn. Yeah. Did he yeah. win? No, he okay. got like he got very, very, very few votes. A very small percentage of the vote. Yes, he was on the ballot. Then there you go. That's what you do. There you go. <clears throat> you voted for your friend. Yeah, and he I got did. fucking smoked. Yeah, yeah, because so he ain't got no the, money. The person well, who won does now, but not the person who politician won, money. Is the person who won better? Like, is it the worst person who could have won, or the second worst, or third worst person who could have won? Who who did win that? Oh, I don't even know who our borough president is now. <laughs> really engaged in the local borough <laughs> politics. As, as, as soon as it wasn't Ben Kessler, you were, you were out. Yeah, dude. Well, another politician. It could be anybody. It could be any face or any name. It's just like, okay, the more important thing is who's paying for this person. You know, who paid for their who paid for their campaign. You know, find out who they're working for, because there's certainly none of them are working for us. They've proven that. You know. So it's how do we change that? And to change that, you need a drastic change. Well, you know? I, as we see these subsequent yeah, yeah, like, generations come of age, revolution. we're going to see those things change because these generations care more than boomers do. So I don't think it's fair to <laughs> fill out the scorecard yet. Well, we're going to find out really because quick. They're, they're, they're people coming of age that that want to change the way things have been done for the for the last two generations or three generations. And uh, so keep keep voting for weirdos and your friends because they're going to keep appearing on ballots. Yeah, um, I mean, we are. What are we eight years away from someone being eligible to be president who was born in 1995? God. So what? in the, the next the next one is 24. So that means somebody could have been born in 89 that could run. And that is like, that's who those are the people who I will vote for. Right. And there will be people born in 2012 that will be eligible to vote in that election. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, is that right? In 2024? I mean, if you, for eight years from now, if uh, uh, yeah, somebody, yeah. In, somebody in born in 1995 yeah. can run for president, there will be 18 year olds. Born in 2012, 2011, that have their whole life has been all of this, right? So, so it's the people, the people who were the people who were 18 in 2008. That's who I want running for office because yeah. they were, you know, they were they were 10 or 11 when 9/11 happened, so they're old enough to know about it. 
they were trying to get a job when the fucking banks destroyed the entire global economy. Right. <laughs> they were they knew they were fucked and they knew why and they know how. And once those people come of age, that's when I think something might change. But it's certainly not going to change. Uh, there's certain, there will never be a Republican who will try to change any of this. There might be the people who do try to change some of this run as Democrats. I'm not saying yeah. Democrats in general try to change stuff, but the people who do want to make it better, they can only run as a Democrat or they get smoked in the elections. And you're getting uh, closer to, so, you know, Bernie's probably not going to run in 2024, but he had a better showing in 2020 than 2016. And whoever he stamps in 2024 will have a better showing than he did even. Like these things, I actually believe these things. I would have voted for that dude. We'll also get to, we'll get to have an yeah, I, I, I would have voted for Bernie. I mean, you're talking to guys who, uh, I mean, we're putting up this argument knowing that we voted fucking third party uh, several times. Whether we like we've done this, me and Troy have done this. Sure, mm -hmm. we've thrown our votes away, man. We're we're right there with you. Yeah, yeah. We vote for people who have no chance because I just trying to get to, uh, just trying to get that third party guy to five percent, so that then he gets, uh, so then that party is like legitimized for the next go round. Like I thought we honestly had a shot of that in 2012, but it turned out that guy was such a bozo. That we kind of dodged a bullet. We didn't know how how dumb he was until 2016. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> right, I was like, right, "What? Right. He's got rolling papers that have his name on him. This guy's got to be cool." <laughs> yeah, no. And then he then he has no idea. Like, he doesn't know city names or whatever. It's like <laughs> yeah. that shit that I don't have. Like I cannot know that because I'm not do. I'm not trying to do what you're trying to do. Yeah. But if you're gonna not, I mean, it was my favorite question on stage for a couple of years. Was whenever I'd get. Uh, like some real conservative pushback, especially against Hillary in like 15 and 16 uh, is to just ask whoever was yelling at me if Benghazi was a city or a state. Because <laughs> they don't know. They never fucking know. They have no idea. Like, that's what I thought it was yeah. a person. They were at Benghazi's palace. <laughs> Benghazi. Right? Yeah, nobody knows. It's the I mean, Benghazi it's strip. Get it right, okay? It's just a strip. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit bigger than that but yeah all you got to do is do that and then it turned out they did that to gary johnson on tv and he was like what i don't know like i, I mean you should have to be you should have to be smarter than me to run for that and you should have to be a better journalist than me to trip them up and neither one of them had to be better than me Right. A journalist could just ask the same questions I would ask. Oh, God. He asked the dumb guy question and got a dumber guy answer. What an awesome <laughs> moment. Like, that's got to be the best debate moment, like, hands down. Like, beats uh, Nixon looking like shit against Kennedy or whatever. Well, the, my favorite one was when that when Perot's guy had to turn his hearing aid back on in 92. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, Stockdale, right? It was that uh, Stockdale was his name. Admiral oh, yeah, Stockdale. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was his vice he president. Had his fucking yeah. hearing aid off on stage. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Yeah, Perot That's a was a character. That's a pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've been. This book has a lot of a lot of stuff about Perot too, and how he like 
was able to like he got a fucking shitload of votes uh-huh and he bought he just would he just i remember this now like i forgot about it until i read about it in the book but do you remember when he would just buy like a half hour of time on saturday night yes oh yeah yeah <laughs> just yeah. have a show on fucking abc or whatever he just yep. bought the time slot and we watched it i can't i can't believe we watched it well when weren't there some involving like charts and stuff didn't he have yeah, like yeah, yeah. visual aids yeah. and the whole deal i mean he went all out to explain it and reading about it like he i i mean he was like I mean, basically, he was like an early version of these like newish, like neocon libertarian types where he was uh, he was he was pro choice. And. uh, But like, but everything else was Republican, everything else was like very right, very conservative, but he had not he had no problem with um, he wasn't against gay marriage and he wasn't against abortion. So that's why I I think he was pro weed too yeah yeah well anything because he was a businessman yes so when you're when you're legitimately a businessman and you're not trying to uh and you're trying to especially that like when you're trying to bring people from both sides at you it's like maybe this maybe this guy would have been a good president because if he was socially liberal and fiscally conservative or whatever like, like, just do a thing where it's like, okay, we're going to make weed legal, and then all the taxes we get from weed go to schools. Just do that. Like, how, how do you have to be a fucking genius to be like, well, this is a, it's a whole new revenue stream. So who's going to pay the lottery it? in most states? Yeah, yeah, and the schools are still fucked, so what happened? Yes. Yeah, exactly. But you could do that with, like, gas tax should all just, like, every ga- every tax you pay on gas should go to roads. Every tax you pay on weed should go to schools. Every tax you pay on the like the lotto would like cut like it was like a rake. Like the lotto mm-hmm. isn't a tax on the ticket; it's a fucking house rake mm-hmm. that goes yeah. to the that goes, goes to the to schools. How are they still bad? And whoever can get to it first. Yeah, because it's it's somebody who's fucking it's that trickle down economics, dude. Reagan. Yeah, never <laughs> it never goes anywhere. All right, we're going to take a break and then we're going to um, and then I'm going to and then we'll be right back. Well, I am sorry, but sometimes you make me wonder what the hell is wrong with you. Oh, really? Well, speaking of hell, if I wasn't so in control of my emotions, I might be inclined to say that's the sort of place you should consider making a a visit towards. (gasps) We're back. Uh, We have, you know, we. Did we, we I, I don't know what to start with. Troy, what's up? Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's up with me. Uh, the uh, second season of one of my all time favorite podcasts just wrapped up uh, cocaine and rhinestones. Um, I know you've heard me talk about this, Jeff. Trey, do you have, are you familiar with this podcast at all? Cocaine and rhinestones? It's, no, yeah, I thought you were talking about like an 80s movie. No, <laughs> that's it's a John Travolta movie I hadn't seen yet. It's a current. You would have for uh, sure seen a John Travolta movie called Cocaine and Rhinestones. Yeah. I mean, that's just like fair. Urban Cowboy, Midnight Cowboy. Was he in? Yeah, Urban Cowboy. Urban Isn't Cowboy. there a movie called Rhinestone, Rhinestone Cowboy? Cowboy? Yeah, I think Rhinestone that's the one Cowboy. With Sylvester Stallone and Dolly Parton, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody, yeah. No, well, I think that's right. They all tie in because this 
uh, podcast, Cocaine and Rhinestones, is about it's the history of country music in the 20th century. Um, oh. And this second season that just wrapped up focuses heavily on the life and career of George Jones, Ooh. widely regarded as one of the finest country music singers ever. Um, I mean, but then it also, um, I mean, I mean, he is, but uh, I mean, yeah. I would, and I would consider him one of the, uh, you know, they like to use the term outlaw. I'm not even gonna. No, let's just say, I mean, he's the one that got that was driving George, down the road drunk on his lawnmower. What George Jones had a yeah reputation for being a wild, that. wild drunk. Um, yeah, man. And uh, and also used a lot of cocaine. So, uh, you know, that's why the title of this podcast is so apt. It's hosted by uh, a guy named Tyler Mayen Co. He's he's the son of David Allen Co. So oh, hot damn. he grew up around a lot of these people and uh, and then heard a lot of stories about about people in country music from before he was born. And uh, yeah, now he's uh, passing them on to us in podcast form. And it's fascinating. Um, it's long form. So you got to buckle up It's each episode's about two hours long. But uh and it's and it's dry. It's presented dryly. It's just him talking about it. But the research is done so deep, and uh, and everything is just you can tell he, it's painstakingly put together. So that uh, that's like what keeps me hanging on. Um, that's what that's what that's what that's what draws you in. He doesn't he doesn't draw you with much, but it's like nuts and bolts, basic stuff. And uh, yeah, he's a he's really good at storytelling. And uh, this season about George Jones, uh, he yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. It's an entire season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he starts with some groundwork. There's some stuff about Starday Records and Owen, Owen Bradley and the Nashville Sound. And he works into George Jones coming into that stuff that was already there. And uh, and then there's also a, a, an arc in the season about Tammy Wynette because they end up teaming up for a little while. No, no, no. That's uh, Loretta Lynn. <laughs> there's a there's a season one episode about Loretta Lynn, about her song, The Pill that was banned from country radio. Um, she wrote a song about birth control in mm -hmm. 1967 or something. And of course didn't get any play, but, um, um, yeah, that's a yeah. B side. Ha <laughs> ha playing the B pill B playing B, no, okay. B side. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, if you got any interest in, uh, I mean, you don't even have to be that interested in country music to, uh, to get into it if you just like listening to people talk about stuff on a podcast which i mean if you're listening to this and you probably do <laughs> uh, um then uh yeah definitely check out cocaine and rhinestones it's a it's a fantastic it's a fantastic work i always think of you trey when i listen to it because uh the opening song is that it's a it's a chunk of that slowed down jolene like that jolene played at 33 and a third or whatever oh. um, and it's so it's got that real like haunting but uh yeah so every time that plays i know it makes me think of dolly and then i think it and then i think of you next so Which the white stripes have a great cover of that one keep talking all right
Yeah. All right. So this is like, so it's uh, stories, like mostly music stories, would you say? Or like a little bit of stories, a little bit of history of? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of history. Actually, this season was really interesting. He uh, uh, started a lot of episodes with an intro that would go on for as, as long as half an hour sometimes about something seemingly unrelated. There's a, there's a whole intro about the origins of pinball. There's an intro about ice houses. <laughs> there's a lot of talk about bullfighting early in the season. And, uh, and none of this stuff really makes sense in the, in the context of those episodes alone. Um, so there was, yeah, initially there was a lot of people uh, reacting to this poorly like why is this guy spending all this much time talking about bullfight and i just want to hear about country music and uh but then as the season has played out i mean the 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 final episode tied in all that stuff into george jones early life it was mind-blowing uh the yeah it all came back around so there's like the level of thought put into this is unparalleled he was uh for this season he was granted access to the archives at the country music hall of fame, which is unprecedented. Nobody's allowed back there or whatever, but I know I want, but, mm. yeah, but the first season of his podcast made such an impact that, you know, the, 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 the keepers of the flame of country music were like, come on back here and see what we got and see what you can dig up. Um, Dude, the brutal part about it too, is like, that when you go to the museum, it's on display because it's kind of in the center and you spend a lot of time walking around it. But then you're like, oh, I can't go in there and like even go like, hey, man, can you go grab me this record so I can hear it or anything like that? They're just like, here is the country music library yep, and you can yep. look at it through a window. But that's the only access you're going to have. That's what yeah, Tyler would go there like it was his job preparing for this second season of the show. And uh yeah, it was, uh, it really, it paid off. Um, so, uh, that's dope. Yeah. Anybody who's in Nashville, you should, it's worth going to the country music hall of fame. Just where saying. is it? Nashville. It's, like, it's right next to the Bridgestone arena. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh-huh. We drove, we drove past it when we were, we were just down there. I don't remember if you were in the car with us or not, but I, I remember seeing it. I've never seen it. Yeah. yeah, when I went, they had a Bakersfield exhibit that was super cool. Um, and then, um, yeah, that's where I first heard of Wanda Jackson. Really? Yeah, I hadn't heard wow. of her before. I went to the Country Music Hall of Fame and saw a video of her. And I was like, you know, and it's all in black and white and everything. And it's like, I, I, who is this lady and why have I not heard of her? That's what, uh, that's what people are going to say about Harold Baines. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. They finally, finally <laughs> walk to baseball hall and be like, who, who is this? He played in the nineties. How do I not know this guy? White Sox. That's why. That's funny. Um, yeah. Speaking of baseball needs to get their act together so I can start getting paid. Oh, oh yeah. That's yeah. Bullshit. So you're oh, part that of sucks, it too? dude. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't have any games to audit if they're not having games. So, I mean, they do think that they'll wrap it up pretty quick, but it is just, it's so frustrating when it's just billionaires fighting millionaires, you know, over huge chunks of money, you know, and, and the rest of us that 
aren't in the players union and <laughs> aren't an owner of a major league baseball team are going to be SOL here in a couple weeks. If, but it, from what I've heard, uh, you know, they're going to try to figure out something pretty quickly. It was just, you know, the owners originally initiated this lockout for anybody listening that doesn't know this was the owners did it when the CBA was up. And then, so the players were like, all right, well, guess what? We're not going to give you a response for a little while and playing the swinging dick game, you know? So from everything that I've heard though, you know, nobody wants this to go on. Like the players don't want to sit out for an entire season. Like they don't even want to start the season that late. So hopefully if they do have to start the season late, it'll only be by a couple of weeks. Does this have anything to do with uh, minor league players? Oh, um, I think like, there is, that is one of the part things of that they're, they're holding out for. Well, it's it's upping the. There's something that has to do with drafted players, but then there's the league minimum they want to up. Um, so that would involve rookies. Um, and then. Um, what else was I going to say? <laughs> are the minor leaguers not in the uh, are the minor leaguers not in the union? I don't I think, think so. No, I, I think they have a different seen. CBA. Like the minor league players have a different union and a different CBA. They're the and ones who get fucked the most. Yeah. Oh, totally. Completely uh, exploited. But yeah, there's all there's like um I think they're trying to do something with the the years of service thing, like yeah. trying to stop it so the the major league teams can stop fucking people over and like they leave them in the minors until May fifteenth, and then they have an extra year of control over them, stuff like that. Oh, the Cubs did it right. to Chris Bryant. They like yeah, yeah. teams do it all the time all the to time. every one of their fucking players. They can't because if they don't get if you don't get called up by before like May fifteenth, then that doesn't count on your years of service. It's not a full year, so you get an extra like they'll have an extra year of control. Before you can become a free agent, you play you play 120 right. games and it doesn't count. But as it's a an extra service. It's an extra year of control before you can go to arbitration. And then there's yeah. like two years of arbitration before you can become a free agent. So they they exert they have control over these players for like eight seasons. Well, and then that'll keep you also in the minimum salary range, too. Yeah. You know, if yeah, you're yeah. A, constantly a rookie or a first year player, well, then you're not going to be able to make any more. Right. Know, but it's, be an, able it's to another one of the on. uh, like. No, the luxury it's tax billionaires. I understand that the idea of it's billionaires versus millionaires, but it's really just billionaires versus their labor force. Yeah. Yeah. So regardless let me of what they clear. make, the players bring in all the money. Correct. I am so on the, the, the owners side don't of the have workers. any money without the players. And Jeff Passan, do you know um Jeff Passan, the he used to be a pitcher and now he's now he works for ESPN. He's a baseball correspondent for ESPN. Uh-uh. He made a statement yesterday. That was like, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was like, holy shit. I didn't think that like this guy's just a fucking ESPN suit. And so you would think that he would because, you know, like they're kind of they kind of sometimes feel like they work for the owners. But his statement yesterday was if you took. um, The next twelve hundred best baseball players in the world and tried to make a season with those players instead of the current major leaguers, like the next 1,200 best, Mm -hmm. the product would suffer and it would be noticeably worse. Everyone would know this is worse. And you could take take any 30 competent businessmen and replace the owners with them, 
and yeah. you would not see a difference. Right. It might oh, get yeah. better. <laughs> right. God. But yeah, and, ain't, and that's ain't, that's ain't no what's going on. People here. watching the College World Series, you know, nobody, ain't nobody <laughs> watching shit for the owner. Yeah, nobody's right. no, ain't nobody, ain't nobody a Cubs fan because they like the Ricketts family. Right, exactly. <laughs> people are Show people are Ricketts Cubs fans family in jersey spite, in spite of the Ricketts mm. family. The fucking, I mean. The ones you don't know about are terrible, and the ones you do know about is the governor of Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like it's it's all a mess. But like, dude, I bet you though, some people do show up to the Cowboys games with Jerry Jones shirts on. Oh sure, I'm sure you, you know. can. I'm sure that Jerry Jones is one of the five owners of all the major league sports where you probably could get a shirt with his picture on it. For sure. Yeah. But like you're not ain't nobody getting a picture of uh, Joe Lacob. Like there's no, no Joe Lacob on a T-shirt, no matter how <laughs> big a Warriors fan you are. No Jeff Laurie. No, 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 not none of that. No. Uh, <laughs> you could get a picture of Alex Rodriguez, and since technically he's like uh, he like has a piece of the Timberwolves, that kind of that falls apart because he's already famous. <laughs> Yeah, that wouldn't be for that wouldn't be a specifically licensed Timberwolves gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to get it. There's not going to be a Timberwolves shirt with a a rod in a suit uh, graphic. Oh, I really hope nobody's voting or rooting for the Timberwolves just because of him. That would be horrible. man. That's a horrible person. If, If Anthony, if Anthony Edwards can't get you to root for the Timberwolves, then I don't think their their new owner can. But Anthony Edwards <laughs> is the shit. I like Anthony Edwards. Uh, baseball. Well, I was going to say something else about baseball. But in general, in general, it's fun to think about how attitudes have shifted. Oh, think about this. In the NBA, it's like a 50-50 split between the owners and the labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, imagine... If that was just true across the board for all sports, no, for all fucking jobs. Oh, oh well, yeah, dude. Like imagine yeah, well, if like Starbucks, like all of this shit going on now with inflation or whatever, it's all kind of a ruse because it's not like they're they have record profits and they're increasing prices and they're saying it's because of inflation because they're just hoping you don't notice about the record profit. But if you just split the money 50 50 maybe i mean that'd be insane but well, between but management it, and labor or whatever like even if you just did that it would the fucking guys in charge would still end up taking a haircut and the people working would get more money exactly i mean that would be nice if they did that everywhere yeah yeah i, I mean, mean could you imagine it, if they did that at like boeing or northrop grummet or you know yeah, gee, i mean even like tesla or you know Tesla, that's right. I mean, Amazon. The Amazon. guy made the guy made fifteen billion dollars in a day, and people are pissing in fucking Gatorade bottles. Unreal. And he made and people 15 are still ordering B, off of Amazon. He went B to space billion. for fun. For fun, he didn't even go to space. He didn't get up high enough. That's another uh, really funny part. He didn't make it to space. <laughs> he just got higher than a plane. So he basically did what they did I'm in Airplane tired. Two. Where they take the plane too high, but that doesn't actually clear the atmosphere. 
Dude, in F9, they even went into space. Jeez, yeah, they got into those. space in, in F9. In a fucking Fiero. <laughs> in a Bezos. Fiero. <laughs> you dumbass Jeff Bezos. Bezos is slacking with right, his it's dick still, rocket. And it's still like this 50-50 and the, the salary cap and all of that in like the NBA still like artificially deflates some salaries. Yeah. Like I know, I know the Lakers aren't very good, but LeBron has never made what he's been worth to the team or the league any year. Neither did Michael Jordan. Neither did Magic Johnson. Well, right, Larry but Bird. where, but in those cases where those guys really clean up, and this is in, I mean, it seems like not just basketball, but like they're going to clean up on their endorsement deals. I understand, but that's yeah. different. That doesn't mean yeah. the NBA should get off the hook for paying them fair value. Right. Not at all. Uh, if not at all, if, it means the NBA should realize and pay them like these these you know clothing companies and shoe companies are paying them. Yeah, yeah, know? because they're getting they're getting fair market value. You know, my, uh, Michael Jordan makes two hundred and fifty million dollars a year from Nike or whatever because he earns that much money with his with his likeness with his brand. Like he like they right. make that like that's his. He earned that money, right. And that's like skateboarders. They get like a certain amount of money per deck that they sell. So that would be the smart thing is like, you know, Jordan gets X amount of dollars for every pair of Jordans that get sold, which essentially he does again. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially now with his own brand. Yeah. Now that he's like pulled it. Yeah. It's not technically Nike. It's still like on the Nike campus. Yes. It's got the swoosh <laughs> and everything, but it's like an imprint. It's like how, um, they're getting made in like the how, same like, factory. How Dr. Dre has his own label. But there's still a bigger label yeah. above him that, yeah. that does the distributing of his label. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that'd be wild. Like, Now, how good would you have to be at Starbucks to be in a Sprite commercial? <laughs> like, how... how like I'd be more likely to do that. Like if somebody was actually like, "Oh, we got a uh, the spokesperson in a new commercial." If it was like, I mean, that's what's funny about like. So they got that that fucking Tommy Lee Jones truck commercial. That's the perfect. That's the perfect uh, truck commercial because uh, it shows those big ass pickup trucks being driven by four people who absolutely do not need big ass pickup trucks. Their lives do not, uh, like, do, they do not intersect with pickup truck life. Tommy Lee Jones, maybe he lives on a ranch or has a ranch somewhere. Like, I could see that. But Rashida no, does, Jones yeah. and Leslie Jones and Joe Jonas live in cities. You yeah. don't need a you don't need a truck where the fucking hood, the top of the hood is five feet ten inches off the ground. No. Like that's why that's why so many fucking pedestrians are getting killed because these goddamn trucks are too big. <laughs> Dude, Mark, that was an interesting part of who killed the electric car that documentary, you know, because they really concentrate on the shift from station wagons to SUVs and, you know, that was done purposely by the car companies, you know, because they were like, "Well, we got to unload some of these SUVs that nobody's buying, so let's just market them." Yeah, market them taller. It's a taller station wagon. Uh-huh. Station wagons are better. I mean, you look uh, at like look at Europe. Wholeheartedly. Europe has no uh like pedestrian deaths in Europe 
are significantly lower than they are in America. And they also like, they don't make big ass fucking pickup trucks for dipshits. <laughs> well, because they won't make it down half of the streets in Europe, you know, yeah. especially in the older towns, because all the streets are super narrow. And they shouldn't. We keep making these roads right. for giant cars. <laughs> and we don't like these, these cars are too big. It doesn't need to. You should have to prove that you need that truck for work. Yeah, I agree with that. 100 percent. I know. I know. I, I understand everyone. Everyone's like, blah, 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 freedom, blah, 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 whatever. Well, hey, man, if but you like, go mudding a certain amount, then we'll put that on the list, too. You know, it's yeah. just you got to prove that you drive this thing off the road you know more than you do on the road the shit does not fit in parking spaces and whose fault is that it's the manufacturer's fault yes if man. they make cars that right. don't fit in parking spaces they've made the car too big yeah it should yes. have to fit in a parking space because you know how wide a parking space is it's as wide as the lane well like, it's as wide as the as the city ordinance says that it has to be for that particular parking structure or lot and to fit as many spaces as the person that owns that lot can possibly fit into it. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah. still, if it doesn't fit in the parking space, than it doesn't truck. fit on the road. Yes. If you can't see somebody standing in front of your car and you're not driving a tractor trailer, then your car is your, it is your fault, not their fault. Right, you better be your turning car. off that road very soon onto some dirt. Yeah, your car is too big. You definitely don't have to go to Europe to find streets that are too small for them. We live yeah. in a neighborhood where that is definitely the case. So it's it's not just a European thing, um, but we got these big dumbass trucks on yeah, our yeah, narrow streets. We should, we should market smaller cars. Stop being a bitch. Get a regular-sized car. Dude, that's one of the nice things about, I guess, being in New York. One of the few nice things is there's there aren't very many of those around. And the ones that are around look even more ridiculous and out of place when you see them, you know? Yeah, well, there's nothing uh, there's nothing dumber than seeing a, a big ass pickup truck in New York City that is obviously not for work. Yeah. You'll see yeah. it for work and you're like, you got a bunch of paint cans and shit back there. Good. I understand. I get it. You need it. <laughs> But when you're just driving one of those big ass fucking Silverados, four door Silverados around Brooklyn and it's clean and there's nothing in the back. What yeah. are you doing? You just made your life so much harder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So and then you're going to complain about gas prices. You should never get to say anything. If you drive a smart car or a hybrid or whatever, then you can complain about gas prices. If you drive a fucking five ton pickup truck and you're going to complain about it fuck off you bought the wrong fucking thing right exactly and you, it's not like they they tricked you and you put down the money and they were like oh by the way here's the keys and you only get 10 miles to the gallon you knew that when you walked into the dealership to look at that stupid hunk of metal right and it's not 2004 yeah. and like when it when when gas prices first skyrocketed i understand being caught off guard by it because it, it felt like there should be like a like there should be regulation on how like price Dude, i was i was driving a cab at that time but man when that shit jumped from like because it was like a dollar 10 on september 11th yeah dude. and then it, and then it went to uh and then it was like 350 by the end of the year 
and it, like that is one thing but we've already seen it hit three four five bucks a gallon and if you mm-hmm. buy a truck now because you're like oh it's only 260 a gallon and it goes up again you're dumb you thought <laughs> it was gonna stay down the whole time you're dumb you're also voting for the people who let this happen mm-hmm. so stop mm-hmm. doing that too like you don't you just don't get you're just you're just wrong all over goes back around to voting and hey look i hope listeners you understand like i'm not saying literally to do what i do i'm just saying if you're frustrated with the system maybe look at it a little differently that's all i'm saying people all right yeah they got uh they got youtube videos on how to make molotov cocktails yeah exactly i'm just saying i'm not saying the anarchist book book is still a thing i am not uh advocating anything i'm just saying that currently right now in the ukraine People have made YouTube videos explaining how to make Molotov cocktails so you could survive in the Ukraine. Well, you know what was really fun was during the the protests and what was the in um, was it Hong Kong or wherever? All the videos were coming out showing the people like, hey, this is how you deal with tear gas, you know, and put the safety yeah. cone over the tear gas, and then how they were um, uh, super gluing. Um, bricks to certain parts of the city to stop police from doing so i forgot what it was but you know that was really interesting was like people actually being proactive in that way and being like hey look if you're going to come out to these protests here's what you need to know and here are things that can help you you know uh get home safe (laughs) yeah 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 and that's uh that's what these these patriots would take their fucking rifles to subway to get a foot long don't understand real <laughs> like the real danger like because no, like dude. any like there's no fucking there's no danger being in a right-wing protest the cops are on your side right yeah they're not trying to help i mean that why do you think they just let them into the capital like some cops got beat up but not all of them some of them shook hands and took pictures no, and if you're really that hyped on it, okay, well then you go over there and fight them. And there ain't nobody. There was no cops taking pictures at the uh, George Floyd protests. There's no cops taking pictures downtown at the fucking U- the the Ukraine protests that happened here yesterday. There's no like this shit ain't like that's not what happens. It don't happen on those protests. Yeah, it happens when you're trying to fucking overthrow the government. Then the cops are like, yeah, fucking get in, lean in, huh? You want a hug? <laughs> we'll take our masks off for this. Oh, we're not. We're we're never wearing them. Ugh, <laughs> uh, it is mm. just bitches, man. Well, and I just love the fact that the that like all this honest and true uh, conversations have come out, you know, over the last year and a half, and the police are still doing the same thing. Same thing because nobody's stepped up and and held them accountable and 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 said hey no we need to you know first off change our hiring practices train them differently and 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 defund a lot of these police did we talk about i mean did we talk about it um about the military police did we talk about it on the show yeah i don't know if we had that conversation on air or not well let's i'll just i'll just mention it real quick to be a mil to be a military police officer in the military you are trained that the people you are policing are on the same you're on the same side they're not you are never they're not trained you're not told that they are your enemies you're both in the army you're both in the military 
So they are taught that the people they are policing are on their side. And they're also taught de-escalation. They're taught that. These are things that are not taught to civilian cops. Civilian cops are taught that everyone hates them and they're the enemy. And then they act like this. And then they and then they point to the protests as being proof positive. But it's not that's not it's like a chicken or the egg thing. Like cops have been fucking kicking indoors. Like have when was the last time you saw a cop and you weren't like the the reflex was oh good, a cop. Have you yeah. ever had that reaction, Trey? No. I've never seen a cop driving or walking or anything have been like, oh oh cool. I'm always, it's it it feels very much like a, an occupying force. Dude, they came to our door here one time, you know, knocked on the door, went and answered it, and they were um they wanted to know about because there had been some packages stolen, you know? Right. And so they wanted to know if anybody in our apartment had packages stolen. And I was like, what well, First off, I'm not going to let you in, and I'm not going to tell you about anybody else in this apartment. You know, right? We'll have this conversation uh, on the porch while you're you're on the porch, right? I'm on the inside of the door frame, and I will say, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, right? And if you have car, and this was the other thing is like all officers are supposed to have cards on them, uh, and so right. I said, give me your cards, and I'll put them out here, you know, and talk to people that live in the building if anybody's had a, you know, and they were like, oh, actually, no, we don't have cards. Okay, well, what precinct? Oh, well, actually, if you call this other precinct, and then it's really like, okay, see you guys later. Yeah, are you even really cops? Hey, so, yeah. Do they? Yeah, who and cares if you're about be a dick like that? No, I think it was they knew because I wasn't even being mean. I was just being in the moment, polite, you know, but just being like, well, I'm not. You're being unreasonable. Like, why would I tell you anything about anybody that lives here? You know, and not an aggressive way. Yeah, you know, and then that. you're going to say that you don't have a business card and then tell me to call a different precinct. And that's like, well, no, now you've just completely de- delegitimized yourself in my <laughs> yeah, eyes. Yeah, you have no, there's like nothing proves you're even a cop. Yeah. So bye. There's a stolen package unit. Check them out this fall on NBC on Law and Order SPU. Oh, my Is gosh. Is there dude. even SPU? And it wasn't uh, even like, thank you for investigating our stolen packages. You know, no, get the fuck out of here. They're yeah. not investigating your stolen packages. <laughs> no. they're, they're doing the bear. They're never going to find the people who do that. Cops don't solve crimes. That's just, no. that shit for the movies. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, all right. So this is good. <clears throat> this is a good place to this is a good place to stop. So, uh, all right, well, we will, uh, we'll see you next week with some more plugs. That's hilarious. Bye.